Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 1, the animated series created by Dave Filoni for Disney+. Plus. It is part of the Star Wars franchise, acting as both a sequel to and spin-off from the series Star Wars The Clone Wars. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yeah, and uh, we did the review a couple of months back for the final season of The Clone Wars, in which we talked about like the first, the opening three or four episodes of that being like the backdoor pilot for this series. Um, and here we are, uh, season one, uh, and it picks up pretty much directly from those episodes. And um, the animation is phenomenal. Like it's the same quality as that final season. And yeah, it, it does pick up on a lot of little things. Like if you've watched all of Clone Wars, there's a lot of, returning characters, some uh, dangling plot threads they kind of circle around to, as well as other things. But yeah, um, the the big thing, of course, the Bad Batch, a character of a, a team of like five characters, four of which are all voiced by the same guy, D. Bradley Baker, because he does the voice of all the clones. And I do mean all of the clones. <laughs> do you think that's four paychecks? <laughs> gotta be I right. hope so. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as, um, as you say, we've done Clone Wars, and this show is the reason that I went back. I'm saying went back. I'd seen some of Clone Wars, but not all of it. But what to make a point of watching that final season so we could review it for the podcast and just so I'd have some understanding of where things are at for the Bad Batch, but those first couple of episodes of the final season of Clone Wars, I didn't necessarily enjoy, and it had me concerned for this show. The first yeah. episode, which I think the runtime is over an hour, is it like maybe like an hour fifteen? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a chunk of a story for that first episode. Well, I really enjoyed that. And it was a big sigh of relief for me. So I thought, we've gone back to do Clone Wars because of this show. I didn't enjoy a great deal what I saw with those characters there. But fortunately, that first episode of this season, I did have a good time with it. Yeah, and um, they do a good job with those first three or four episodes of really, really uh, helping to build character um story arcs and um an understanding of how each of them are different so you can feel for them because i mean they are all the same guy you know they're all based off Django O'Fett's dna and boba fett i guess on that as well but through upbringing and the fact they've been further altered than most clones have specific physical traits that playing to their personalities as well but it it d bradley baker really is doing an incredible job on multiple characters and they all like even a line of dialogue if you weren't looking at the screen you'd know who said it because there is subtle inflection and in all of it for each of the characters um but yeah it's that first episode has a lot of heavy lifting you get uh caleb dune you see him 
uh, with Deepa Bilabar as Order 66 initiates and she gets killed and he runs off and gets hunted by the Bad Batch or specifically Sharp uh, Crosshair. Oh, he, of course, is Kanan Jarrus from Rebels. That's his, that's his original name and that's the trauma he suffers for when you watch Rebels that he's still living with. So when he comes across Rex in that show, that is what it is. That's why he doesn't trust clones because of that moment. And Hunter was there to see it all. Yeah. I mean, it's excellent storytelling. And if you're watching all the shows, then you're going to get the benefit. This show obviously was hit on Disney plus. It's already been picked up for a second season. That's due to premiere 2022. We should go back. Dee Bradley Baker, as you say, most of the clones, he's doing a lot, but he's not the only clone though. There's another person, Michelle Ang as Omega, yep. who we find yep. out is a female clone, appears younger, but she's actually older than the Bad Batch, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, and that, ta- that takes a long time to come out as well, because we know they, the Prime Minister of uh, Kamino wants her. We know the Kamino ones want her. And there's a reason for it. She's special. But they never explain why. And it takes, I think it's like halfway through the season that they finally explain she's exactly like Boba Fett, an unaltered clone. She's pure genetic replication and their supply is dangerously low to the point of not being able to produce clones anymore because they've repl- they've used the DNA over and over and over again and been using other clones to make more clones. And it's that thing of like genetic, uh, like, like, you know, dilution, the fact where it's to the point of being unsustainable. They need that new, that fresh source, which she is because no one knows where Boba Fett is. Um, and yeah. And Michelle Ang, because she's a, a pure clone, you know, they've all had accelerated, growth to get them to be soldiers viable for war that's ongoing um but that's that's a really interesting and that comes in like the last two episodes of the season you get that information that she's actually older than they are um which it it, it, adds a new wrinkle because you think about she has they have a really for her and hunter specifically there's a real father-daughter relationship but she's older than he is (laughs) He's just got, like, battlefield experience, really. Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting, wasn't it? But even when it's revealed, and even revealed to Crosshair that she's older, he's still moaning and groaning about the fact yeah. of taking orders from a child. It's like, no, 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 we've just established. She may appear as though she's a child, but she's actually your senior. I guess it's a yeah. little bit like Superman and Supergirl. She was yeah. an older cousin. He was a baby. She was sent to Earth to protect him. She arrived behind him. So it appears like as though decades. She, yeah, yeah. So it appears as though she's younger. So it's kind of like what we're getting getting on the show. Before we carry on with the characters and the actors, and we've done it before when we've talked Star Wars, we should probably talk a little bit about Dave Filoni. I mean, yeah. he is Mr. Star Wars at, at this point. I mean, you've got John Favreau. You know, doing an incredible job 
with the Mandalorian in live action, but Filoni's there too. Where yeah. is he Star Wars now? Filoni is there in this show. It was created by him, developed by him, is an executive producer. I mean, his name is all over the show. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, and those there's few episodes towards the back end where they're on Ryloth and you see Hera from Rebels and you see, of course, Chopper. Dave Filoni voices Chopper. <laughs> yeah. So he does get a little bit of like voice work in here as well. But I, when you watch, when you see, I mean, it's obviously well learned because he's, he was uh, working with Lucasfilm directly with George Lucas way back when, when he first started, created the Clone Wars. Um, but like he, if he and Favreau together really truly understand how to write uh, and develop the characters for Star Wars, for the universe, to develop story, to make it not just fit into all pre-existing stories, but also enhance because you were seeing through this lens, that really untouched part of Star Wars, which they seem to be going into more and more of what happened between Revenge of the Sith and the main Star Wars, because, you know, the Mandalorian, I mean, we do get Fennec Shand in this, like young Fennec Shand, bounty hunter, um, still voiced, of course, by Ming-Na Wen, um, back when she's a young bounty hunter. Um, and she, you know, she, so you get to see a lot of her backstory because she just pops up in the Mandalorian season one and you're like, oh, who's this lady? Well, now you're getting a little bit more context for her of like her skills, uh, like any relationship to the larger universe and it all fits and jumping all the way to the final episode, you know, the empire abandons Camino and leaves it wiped out. But the, you, you see Imperial officers in Camino, like garb with the symbols, the scientists from Mandalorian was wearing the same costume because he's a cloner. And the empire took that, and this it all it all feeds together. It's mm. subtle if you have watched it all and you pick yeah. it up. It all it all just in further enhances it. But if you didn't know, it's not like you missed something. You know, they it doesn't feel like oh I don't understand this because I didn't watch that one thing. It's like no 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 no. If you watched it, if you didn't watch it, that's fine. But if you did watch it and you have watched all of it, it just it's that looking backwards and forwards and like where would this be? And it does, and you can you can do that, and you'll find it lines up. I love the fact, and we've said it before on the show. I love that they're getting the same actors in animation and live action, because you know years ago they would not have done that, but now oh no way now they do. Whether it's because they've got the place to do that on Disney Plus, but it's so good they do it, and not quite to this level. But if you look at something like. Star Trek Lower Decks, which is granted a comedy, but they will reference events in Star Trek canon. And just like bringing Jonathan Frakes back as Riker, they'll bring the actors back to reprise their roles. Like John Delancey was in an episode as Q. Yeah. I mean, again, it's played for laughs, but still it's another example of that happening. But what's happening here on Disney Plus with these Star Wars shows is 
is incredible because again, they don't necessarily need to, but I like that they are. Yeah, absolutely. And it does, you know, it does resonate because for, for those who have watched or have been there from the beginning, who've watched Clone Wars from the get go and watched Rebels and watched the Mandalorian and they go back and watch this, like these, they have, you know, like over a decade's worth of familiarity with these characters and these actors. Uh, and, you know, there's a loyalty there, just like with Kevin Conroy, Batman, and Mark Hamill, Joker. Like, I, there's so many people I talk to who those are the, the voices they think of and, and the actors they think of when they think of those characters. You have plenty of people who may not have grown up with the Batman animated series, like, oh, no, Heath Ledger's my Joker. But I've met so many more people who are like, no, no, it's Mark Hamill. He is the Joker. I can't not read a, a, a comic with the Joker in it and not hear Mark Hamill's voice. It's just And that's it. And, you know, you and I are similar ages, so we'd have grown up and Jack Nicholson was Joker in live action. But you're right. Yeah. Very quickly, 1992, Mark Hamill became Joker. And yeah. instantly recognisable. And, you know, like, like most, big fan of Mark Hamill and love what he does. But his Joker voice pops up in other places too, like when he's voicing <laughs> Hobgoblin in the yeah. 90s animated cartoon for yeah. Spider-Man. Also, recently, He-Man. Or not He-Man. Yeah. It's purposely not called He-Man. Masters of the Universe Revelation, where he's in it as Skeletor. It's a great Skeletor. Yeah. Sounds a lot like Joker, but that's okay. That's okay. But yes. For me, Mark Hamill, the definitive Joker. Yeah. Um, and as I said, that's, there's so many people who that's as they think for these characters as well. Um, like my nephews probably relate more to uh, the voice actor for Anakin off the Clone Wars cartoon than they do for Hayden Christensen because, oh, Hayden Christensen, he was just in two movies. But I watched seven seasons of Clone Wars yeah. with that actor. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, that he, does yeah. make sense. I mean, that also makes the argument for Mark Campbell as well. The amount of times yeah. he voiced or played Joker compared to to Heath Ledger. You know, we've I think we've talked enough about Dave Filoni at least for now. We should probably talk a little bit about Jennifer Corbett. She yeah. also developed the show also was an executive producer and was a writer on the show. And I was looking up, like, what were, what's her credentials? Like, what has she done other than The Bad Batch? Well, she's a, or she was, I don't know if it's still going on. She was a recurring screenwriter on Star Wars Resistance. That's the kid yeah. Star Wars show. I'm not, I'm not sure yeah. if Which that's Dave still Filoni, going. Yeah, Dave Filoni did help with the, the planning out of uh, it did end at two seasons, unfortunately. Okay, so I it's finished. Yet. Yeah, because here in Australia, um, we don't have all of season two but on Disney Plus yet, to my oh, knowledge. Oh, right. Because okay. uh, don't, I don't think we have all of season one as well, because I remember having to uh, finagle it before Disney Plus uh, because it wasn't streamed anywhere. Oh, okay. I had to finagle it through other resources. 
And I remember there being like a lot of episodes for season one, like 18 to 26. I don't have an exact number off the top of my head. And then when I went to do season two on Disney Plus, because there was like six or eight episodes, I'm like, and I watched, I put on the first one and it's referencing stuff I hadn't watched. I'm like, oh, wait. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, that's not good. Then jumped into season one and I'm like, watched the last episode there. I'm like, wait, there's stuff happened after this. I've watched past this, but I definitely haven't watched past what they referenced at the previously on the season two that what's going right. on here okay um and i did i did feel like resistance like was going somewhere right um, maybe okay one, maybe but it was maybe. very it was very kiddish it was like yeah. the f- early seasons of clone wars where it okay. took some time to to, to to develop and get more sophisticated but it was like it felt like it was getting there at the end of season one and i can't get into season two because i can i feel i'm missing something Right, if they get all the episodes together, maybe I'll go back and give it another try. You do realise this was my attempt to talk about Jennifer Corbett, <laughs> not Dave Filoni, and straight away you're like, yeah. you know what? Dave Filoni worked on that show as well. Back yeah. to Jennifer because, Corbett. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just there. Yeah. The one thing is that, yeah, because <laughs> Resistance, there's some really great there were some really great specific episodes and some interestingly put together characters. Oscar Isaac is in that show there as Bo Dameron. Well, let's credit... Corbett for some of that. Maybe she was responsible for some of the, the better episodes. Let's give her that much. Yeah. And she's the um she's the head writer on the Bad Batch. Yeah. So of course we've yeah, got think, yeah. Dave Filoni. Mention him one more time. But Jennifer Corbett, yeah, she's very much across the show. And again, she is the the head writer. But I remember, like before Resistance, and I can't remember what we reviewed at the time. It might have been, I think it was Rebels. I think we were reviewing that and we said, you know what, we'll get together and we'll do resistance. And then we yeah. both watched the first episode of the first couple of episodes and we're like, let's not. But maybe yeah. when all is said and done and it's all on Disney Plus, we could go back and revisit it because I think that's the only blind spot that's not been covered on the podcast going back to Mandalorian. I think we've done all of it. Yeah, and it is something I do want to finish off because I, I do want to know where it goes. But not having access to what, what feels like there's a big big void from season one to season two that isn't on this platform again here in Australia. Yeah. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to go online and grab it because you know we got this, we, every month they upload a bunch more stuff onto Boy Star and to Disney Plus. I'm like, there's a big Star Wars day happening on Disney Plus in November. Maybe they will fit out the rest of the stuff there. Um, you, yeah, I, you I think can so. finish that. Yeah, I mean, you could watch the you, you can watch the live action Ewok movies. Surely, yeah, they can put Star Wars Resistance on there. Yeah, it's quite strange. There is still like some gaps in Disney Plus, like the final season of Agents of Shield, season seven. It's still not there. Yeah, and I'm dying to find out what and happens. And it's like, you have it. It's yours. <laughs> like You yeah. have this. It's not quite what we're talking about, but there's a movie that my kids want to see. Is it Enchanted? The Amy Adams Oh, yeah. Musical? Ella, yeah. She, she Ella, starts, is Ella Enchanted? No, not that one. It's not. one where she starts animated, and then she arrives in New York live action. Yeah, and it's got uh, I think Rob it's, Stark. It's... Enchanted. Yeah. James um, Marsden yeah. is in it. Anyway, point James being, Marsden, though, yeah. it, it was a big... And Susan Sarandon's in it. So it was a yeah, big yeah. Disney movie. 
It's yeah. not on Disney Plus here in Australia. Yeah, and I... But again, yeah, it's, I remember, it's not Star Wars, so we don't need to spend yeah. too much time talking about it. But it's surprising that there's some things that aren't available. You'd think Disney would be like... I mean, it's not as if it's tied up somewhere else because none of the other streaming services have it. I've looked. Yeah, I have, like yourself, I have them all and I've, I've done searches for these things and I'm like, well, is this, a, is this some outstanding Foxtel thing? Because I have Foxtel, but you can't just on demand get all shows off that service. You know, it's, you can have for yeah. a short time, like uh, episodes, like you, uh, like big HBO series are, are still on there for like, a, for the most part, but <clears throat> smaller series like the Arrowverse shows are not uh, in their entirety. And yeah, things, that's like, mate. That's pretty, that's pretty frustrating because, you know, so I've got binge and on that yeah. streaming service, most of the CW DC shows are on there. Even shows like Pennyworth are on there. So whether it be Stargirl, yeah. Superman and Lois, they're on there. But if you want to watch The Flash, you need to get Stan because that's where yeah. you're going to see new episodes of The Flash. But for the most yeah. part, Disney Plus are pretty good. And all the new shows, at least, you know, other than Resistance, you just, you've got one place to go and everything is there. Yeah. But there's still some straddlers like the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because I'm waiting to watch it. Same, same. I'm dying to know how it all wraps up because I've, I've watched all of it and I those who fell off in season one, it really does pick up at episode 17 mark when the winter soldier stuff kicks in. Um, but yeah, it's just, it it's, does. Yeah, it's it does. With, spots. with, with ages of shield and then we'll stop talking ages of shield. <laughs> although, although it is something that's never been covered on the podcast, but when yeah. they got and to, now when, uh-huh. was a major part of that series, of course, or agent May, she's great in that show. When they stopped tying into the big events of the MCU and they were able to just operate in their own little corner of the universe, it was better. And I've heard it gets pretty out there with that final season. So when it it drops, I'll watch it. It's got to wait for it. This show, though, Star Wars The Bad Batch, you've already talked about the animation. It looks a lot like what we'd seen before, a bit more polished. I mean... Yeah, the designs, everything about this show looks fantastic. Yeah, the sound quality is phenomenal. I mean, they have all of the Skywalker sound stuff on file and it's stuff they've been using for a very long time. Um, But they actually, story-wise, they get some really good, very dark beats in this show, especially around Crosshair. Oh, tonally, it's way darker (laughs) than Rebels and Clone Wars for sure. Yeah, I think it's episode three. It is episode three. With with Crosshair's chip having been activated and him still being with the Empire, they need to replace uh, Clone Batch 99, the Bad Batch. Um, Tarkin has them assign mercenaries to work with them to do the stuff that the clones have an issue with because they're still like sentient beings who have been trained to protect people. So being hex squads is not part of their, their modus operandi. 
So they go to the place from the first episode where Hunter refuses to shoot of the refugees. Crosshair goes there. One of the replacements tries to say, no, we're not doing this. Crosshair kills him in cold blood and then murders all of the refugees. I'm like, this is this is not a kid show. This is that's <laughs> as dark as I've ever seen Star Wars kit. And uh, yeah. I loved it. It is no, dark. I, it is yeah, dark. I like that about it as well. But it, it still very much feels like it's a continuation or connected to those other shows. But they're able to take it in a much darker direction. And the whole thing with Crosshair as well, like they finally get to him, like saying, "Hey, we need to remove or deactivate your chip because it's making you into a bit of a dick." And, and he's, he's like, like, oh, no, like, I, I, I had it that removed out. a long time ago. This is who I am. Yeah, you're yeah, like, wow. And, yeah, and it's, it is his personality. He's like, we're like top dogs. We're like alpha predators. Like, we are elite. Why would we want to be not elite? We can, like, like I can see, on, I can understand his point of view because he was always a dick even before the chip activated. Like, those those episodes from... Clone Wars final season, he already had, already had an abrasive personality out of the group. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like they should have known. It's like, oh, he's our brother. Yeah, but he's still a dick. I've got family members I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> it happens in every family. You get someone who, oh, that, yeah, don't mind him. That's just how he is. Like, that's crosshair. And when, when you get that beat in the second last episode, you're like, huh. I actually see where he's coming from and I understand his point of view. And then you spend those last, the, the last two episodes, like hoping he changes his mind. And it's, it really, it really, it, it landed well. Yeah. Because they don't want to, they can't kill him. He's still like family to them. He's still family. But, and they're saying, yeah. Omega is your sister. <clears throat> you know, I know, yeah. we've, I know we've talked about Dee Bradley Baker before. Is he getting enough credit? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I so when you've when you've got the Bad Batch together, and of course, yeah. you know, there's you know, visually, we talked about the differences that they have, whether it's hairstyle or scar, just like the the shape of the physique, you know, all those other things. But it's quite, it's so impressive. Like, it's just one actor. Yeah, it's like a like, one man how play. Does he... <laughs> yeah, and, and is he doing each character's lines? separately and then recording another character's lines so because or are they playing back what he just said and he's reacting to himself or I mean, would be he yeah switching <laughs> from voice to voice because that would sounds even harder like it it's I mean, got to be really difficult if he's not acting with it, another actor <laughs> yeah if he was doing it as a one-man play he would look like a man possessed like, yeah if he keeps like alternating yeah it's, it really is impressive what he's doing because again visually that is doing some of the heavy lifting but a lot of it it's it's him and the and the individual performances that we're getting from him like you talked about the sound the sound design like the effects and everything on the show like the yeah. score like the music once again they've gone to kevin kinner who previously worked on clone wars and rebels so yeah the animation style, although darker, is a continuation of what we've seen before, but just the sound, the score, like that follow-on. Yeah. It really feels of a piece. Yeah. Um, and 
like all the Star Wars music, like these people are at the top of the game, never intrusive, only ever enhances what's happening emotionally on screen. But with that, but it's it also enhances immensely what we're getting on screen. Like whether it's John Williams or uh, Van Goren, uh, oh, I can't remember the composer who does Goodwig uh, from who does Mandalorian. Like, oh uh, yes, uh, um, yeah, um, Ludwig is it Ludwig Gorson? Yeah. Um, who's I think confirmed for also doing the book of Boba Fett. Um, cool. Like such a great, they all of their composers are brilliant. And like I said, this guy coming off hot from a season seven of Clone Wars and continues to hit that high bar. This, there's multiple moments in this series where the music was phenomenal um, those final episodes especially were really well done. Um, but there's also the, the stuff with like, Cad Bane. We never brought up, uh, Corey Burton. He's a, he's, he was like the Bob. He was like Boba Fett before Boba Fett, like oh, during the right. Clone Wars era, he was the number one bounty hunter and he was all through the Clone Wars multiple times. They come across Cad Bane and he keeps escaping from, you know, like Obi-Wan Kenobi and, uh, Asar Ventress and Anakin Skywalker, like and Ahsoka, like this guy is a ridiculously talented bounty hunter. Um, right. Okay, that's cool. And I mean, so what, when you, yeah, when he has Omega, you're like, of course, he, it was him to take Omega. Um, and showing that also helps make, make Fennec Shan look better because she one upped him. Right. Like that's a massive. That's a massive thing. The voice actor returns, who's um, a Corey Burton. And he's got a unique look. He's a Duros is the name of the, the alien race who Cad Bane belongs to. But he's got like the Western hat. He's got like rocket boots. You know, he's very like uh, very much a gunslinger outlaw type. There's actually a, which I suspect they will hold on to for Book of Boba Fett unless, because I can't see them doing it for this, this cartoon. Can't the can't for the shortened final season of Clone Wars, you're actually supposed to get a story arc where Boba Fett kind of graduates to being Boba Fett because he was running around with Cad Bane and the dent in his helmet was from a duel with Cad Bane when they oh, actually do like wow. a that's cool, like that. Yeah, so whether they ever keep that, I don't know, but like that character, he's only in two episodes of this season, you know, but it starts with him getting one up on Hunter and shooting him in the chest. And you're actually worried at the end of that episode. like, they couldn't have just killed Hunter. Like, <laughs> he's way too important for you to drop yeah. right there. What, I, like, what I'm getting from this is I clearly did not appreciate that character enough. Like, I recognized the cowboy hat, thought that was cool. I mean, Star Wars is a Western in space. So it's yeah. cool that he's got the hat. I mean, for me, it was the actor that I was familiar with. Corey Burton was the voice of Brainiac in Superman the Animated Series. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's got phenomenal, like, chops. Oh, he has. He has. He's done lots of other things, but for me, that was my go-to. But um, yeah. But that little tidbit, what you're saying about the character is a lot more interesting and more yeah. impressive. Yeah. Yeah, and you, again, like, if you didn't watch Clone Wars, you don't get all of that story. Um, but, and they, they still haven't touched on in live action that, like, he's important to 
Boba Fett's development. Like, hopefully, we get there eventually. But yeah, like that's a that's again showing over the course of this season, like how they're looking back and lining and like lining up like where these characters go. Like you know, like Dave Filoni knows where he wants Cad Bane to end, and he doesn't want to play his hand because he's like, no, 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 like like I don't think that belongs here. It doesn't. It it's emotionally not going to land with the Bad Batch. I need that somewhere else, so I'll keep that on the shelf. But he's still active, so I need him popping. Because who else would go? Who else would they pay? They pay the best. They go to who would be Boba Fett now, and that's Cad Bane. Wow, that's really cool. See, it sounds like as you say, we're going to see a lot more of that character moving forward. Because that's the thing we did know. I'm pretty sure we knew before the season one finale that Bad Batch was coming back. At least I did. I was yeah. a bit behind on the episodes. So yeah. When I was watching the season one finale, it just stops. Yeah. And it felt like surely there's another episode, but the knowledge that we're getting the second season, you're like, ah, oh, that's okay. But it felt like it just stops. I'm not sure if you have that yeah. same reaction. Yeah. Um, and because we, again, a few months ago had just done season seven of Clone Wars, that really does have a definitive, like, this is the end of something. Like when you see that scene with Vader in the snow, looking at uh, igniting Ahsoka's like left lightsaber, like that's an incredible shot that feels like the end of something. Whereas this, yeah, like you said, it's like it feels very much like next week on the Bad Batch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, right. that's it. I mean, I honestly thought like some my last few. I would just let it play into the next one. You know, it comes up like however many seconds the next episode will play. So I was just going from one to the other. So I didn't actually realize I was watching the season one finale. Yeah. I was just on autoplay and it just stopped. But again. Yeah. Yeah. And you look up, <laughs> wait, what? No, but this feels like there's something else. But yeah, like I said, season two. Season and two. Before I, got, uh, before I got around to watching this, the season finale, I knew... It was a two-parter, so I waited for both to come out. It took me a few weeks to get, even after they had aired, to get around to viewing them. And I already saw online a bunch of people like, the season finale explained. I'm like, oh, something big must happen. And don't get me wrong, the wrecking of the Camino and city and the cloning facility is big, but I kept waiting for something bigger. Like, is Vader going to pop up? Is like something other other major character going to pop up? And nope. Nope, it's stick around for season two. (laughs) What you just said there is that something, articles that get put online for most things, whether it's movies or TV shows. So you could watch something, it's fairly straightforward, but some website will put out an article, ending explained. Yeah. Who needs that? A lot of the time you don't need it. But most things, but you're right, sometimes you can think, oh, maybe there's something more to it. But no, it's just somebody wanting to write an article Wanting to get clicks online. Yeah. And it's usually pretty straightforward. Yeah. Because um, the one I, I actually clicked on was the explanation of like, in case you missed it, that guy, the, this person you see load up people onto the ships is wearing the same outfit as the guys on Mandalorian who was working on uh, the child's DNA. I'm like, oh, yeah, I noticed that though. Like, I didn't need... 
a video explaining that to me. I noticed that while I was watching the episode because I'm again, I, I mean, such a big Star Wars nerd. <laughs> there's probably an audience for that. Yeah, to be honest, because enough websites do it. But it's just a thing, like just happens again. Film or TV doesn't matter. Click here. Yeah. Ending explain anyway. It's it's a it's a thing. But this show though, Jay, if you're going to rate it out of five, um, I'm probably going to come somewhere. When we talked about the final season of Clone Wars, I was. Brutally honest, the final four episodes of that was like a five out of five, the stuff that ties directly into Revenge of the Sith with all Ahsoka and the Mandalorians and Darth Maul. But the rest of it was like a three or so out of five. This, I think, is more of a solid four. Um, oh, maybe th- the ending is a little lackluster, being the fact that there is being going to be a second season. But it's it's very solid. You have some really good five star episodes. Like I found that episode three specifically, the replacements was one of those five star episodes. When Rex pops up to have them all take the chips out of the head, that was a very big one for me as well. The Cad Bane two part episodes were really well done. But for the most part, you landed on like a four with a few three three and a half episodes. But over the course of the season, I I feel. Three and a half for a lot of people, but for, for, when you average it all out, I feel four out of five for me. How about yourself? It looks great. It sounds great. And, you know, we talked about a lot of the good things about it. I think clearly if anybody has listened to our Star Wars episodes, you're the big Star Wars guy. I really yeah. like Star Wars and enjoy Star Wars where you're next level. I find a lot of the times, although people can't see me, I'm just nodding along to a lot of what you're saying. Some of the things <laughs> you're saying, I didn't really know until you said it. Yeah. But I do enjoy spending time in the Star Wars universe. You know, it doesn't always need to be with Jedi. So we're getting something different with this. So I did, I did like it. I didn't love it. I find the characters interesting and although, you know, as soon as season two comes around, I'll continue to watch because, again, I do like it, but I don't get as much out of it as what you get. So it's, yeah. it's kind of like it's something that's on that I watch and I, you know, I'm watching it in the moment. And then as soon as I turn it off, it's gone. Yeah. I'm going to come in a bit lower. Three out of five. Yeah. Which for me, whenever, you know, three or above is a recommend. So I would recommend this show. It is a good show, uh, but I didn't love it. But what you're telling me you got out of it, the things you noticed, like I'm sure if I got that as well, it would elevate my experience. But I wouldn't say, again, I am a Star Wars fan. I'm not a passing fan. But at the same time, I think we're appreciating it on, on a different level. But yeah, even, which is why even I for you, that's why I give a three and a half for most people. But if you've yeah. watched everything, it definitely easily bumps it up to a four. And that's what I was going to say. Even you, like it was coming, you know, but it's a four. And that's obviously a good, a good rating. And, and again, my three is not a reflection of it being a bad show at all. It's, you know, the animation, 
score the I mean Bradley D. Baker, I mean, wow. You know, there's yeah. there's a lot to like about this show. We'll see what happens with season two. Yeah, I'm hoping with season two they really get to into the nitty and gritty once they're a little bit more removed, you know, and they've found the the bad batch themselves have found themselves or a little bit more uh, in the universe. And now we know with crosshair that it is his own will, the way he's acting, like where does that take him? Like as an Imperial officer, like I want to know, I that think that's interesting. Is he going to like join up with the inquisitors and hunt Jedi? Like he's that kind of guy that that would really be interesting for a season two. But I think that's the big thing of this is I'm probably more excited for what could come than what I've just seen. Those few episodes, notwithstanding. Well, that's it for our episode all about Star Wars, the Bad Batch. If you would like to contact us about this episode or suggest topics for an upcoming episode, You can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon.